Today's Movie Lovers United podcast episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. We decided to partner up with BetterHelp because we know that therapy can help save lives as well as help with mental health. And BetterHelp will help you find the right therapist for you without waiting in a doctor's office. But what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help. Or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work, not dealing well with the stress. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and Movie Lovers Unite. Listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash MovieLoversUnite. That's BetterHelp.com slash MovieLoversUnite. movie lovers and welcome to the show today's podcast episode i have my good friend michelle with me say hello to everybody michelle hi everybody and today we are reviewing the 2015 matt damon drama slash comedy if you will of the martian this movie came out in 2015 and this movie actually had a budget of 108 million it made 630.2 million dollars at the box office and it had a release date of september 30th 2015 this is actually one of my favorite Matt Damon films and everything, aside from Goodwill Hunting and a bunch of us other films that we have. But with further ado, let's go on ahead and get into this. Um, the movie starts off in 2035. The crew of Ares uh, 3 Mission to Mars is exploring Alcidadel uh, Pentella on, Mar- on March and Solar Day. SOL 18 on their 31 Sol experience expedition a severe dust storm threatens to topple their mars ascent vehicle mav the mission is scrubbed but as the crew eva- uh, evacuates astronaut mark uh Wartney is stuck by debris now i here's the thing i actually like the opening scene it actually gives you the tone of the film we know that matt damon is actually being stranded by his um by his other crew members and stuff like that, because of the fact if they winded up staying to try and help him and everything, they would have probably been dead as well. So I definitely love that aspect where, you know, they don't want to leave him, but they know that they have to leave him on that level. What about I, you? I agree. And also like, in all honesty, there's no reason to think that he had survived at that point, because as they right. said, like he had a breach in his suit and he couldn't have survived for more than a minute with that breach in his suit. But it turned out that, you know, his blood and the, the debris that had actually gone through his suit had clogged the, the hole in it. Right. And then also too, I liked how they did the thing where all of the crew members are getting ready to leave Mars. And then you see Beck, she looks over to her left and she sees uh, Mark, um, Mark's uh, seat being empty and everything, knowing that maybe she didn't maybe make the right choice. Maybe she should have waited a little bit. Maybe she should have went out there and helped him. But it was like, look, you, and I liked how they winded up covering this like later on in the film. It's like, look, you did all you could do at that moment, at that time. So really, it was a life or death situation. It was and, like, 
And I, if you remember, even before that, when the storm warning had gone off, they had said he, he Mark had tried to say, "Oh, let's wait it out anyway. Let's see if we right. can just wait it out. Maybe it won't be as bad of a storm as we thought it would be." And it turns out it was a good thing they did leave because the Mav had actually started to tilt before they even were able to take off. So, like you said, if they would have waited, there would have been no way exactly. that they would have made it off. Right, and then at that point in time, though, too, you actually have, um, matter of fact, you actually have the the person that's actually in charge of NASA going on TV, making the announcement that Mark has actually passed away, and that's not even the case. I like how they go into, like, the aftermath of, of, of Mark, though, and everything, and he winds up coming out of that whole entire situation. It shows the wounds on him. And of course, we wind up finding out that pretty much the shrapnel is pretty much what saved him. Yeah, and exactly. And then he does like a little mini surgery on himself. Right. He winds up doing the surgery on himself, taking um, taking the antenna out of his uh, side and everything, doing some surgery. And also um, he winds up doing that. And then, of course, He's trying to bait on what he should do because you can definitely tell there's a look of worry on his face, which I don't, even though there's no dialogue and stuff like that within it, but you can tell there's a lot of emotion when it comes down to his facial expressions and everything else. He's like, I'm probably going to die here is his first reaction. And I mean, I feel, I think that that's real for anybody who would be in that kind of situation right. even like think of it like people get stand, stranded on an island type of situation the first thought is like how am i going to make it through this like there's not right. a lot of options if you don't have the skills and the necessary items to survive exactly and then also too i liked how he's then he goes into the whole entire thing he sits down thinks about it he goes i'm not gonna let mars kill me mm-hmm. i'm gonna figure out a way to get off this planet, to reach out for help, let everybody know that I'm alive. I'm not going to let this planet be an overburden for me and to let it take over me. So I definitely like that aspect of it where you go into the transformation of like, I'm going to die here. So I might as well just give up. You can tell that he was on the verge of probably giving up on that first day. And then he just thought about it. He goes, I'm a botanist. I can do this. I can, I can mm-hmm. do what I need to do. And everything. And I really thought that I love the science in this movie, though. The science in itself is really entertaining, to be honest with you, as if that you can do this on a dry climate planet and do it in that kind of aspect. And uh, I was actually because, of course, I rewatched it for this matter. And uh, and we were discussing. I was like, I was like, you know, I know potatoes obviously need water and blah, blah, blah to survive, which he, you know, winds up growing later in the movie. And uh I was like, but what about sunlight? And then I was like, oh, yeah, well, potatoes grow on ground. Like, they don't really need all that much sunlight to, to actually grow a potato. Exactly. And then I liked how, now, of course, this is all happening within four years, four years later as well, of him being on there. Uh, because I like the, t- like the fact that they actually gave us a timeline on how long he was actually up there for and broke it into yeah. it that way. Because otherwise, we're like, okay, is he doing this in a course of one day after, or two or three days after, or is this going to be a course of so many years? But it's four oh, years it's, after, yeah. And it's great that he keeps reaching out to, you know, he keeps talking to himself through the cameras, <laughs> through the videos, because right. not only are they super entertaining, 
but they're also kind of explain the timeline better in a way Mm -hmm. than just saying oh it's been it's been a month oh it's been a year like it really breaks it down for you like he's gotta break down and solve each problem as it comes exactly one step at a time not only that but it goes with the transformation of his face though too with the makeup and things like that which is something that i really like and And i do like loss yes the weight loss is wow the weight loss is just dramatically I, it is, and I, I wonder how much weight he wound up actually losing for that role. I wonder if we can look into that. That would be interesting if we could actually look into that. Um, matter of fact, I'm going to look that into that now. Yeah, because he, uh, from the start of the movie, looks like a normal, healthy, general guy. And then by the end of it, he's just like skin and bones. And you're like, wow, you know he had to actually lose that weight for that role. Because we actually exactly. see him like, without his shirt on and everything. So it wasn't just CGI and makeup, you know what I mean? It was 40 pounds. Oh my gosh, that's a lot of weight to lose. Yeah, he lost 40 pounds for The Martian. Which is just crazy to think that an actor having to go through that much physicality for this role and showing the physicality and also doing the acting on it was just really great. It hits you with an emotional level and everything too and the respect of the character on what Mark is actually going through. Yeah, definitely. I agree. And like, Um, even they even do a great job, like, like you said, with the makeup from progressing him from, again, healthy guy to like, you see later his teeth look kind of rotten because he he doesn't have the things to properly take care of himself. The facial hair growth, the hair growth, everything is so like perfectly on point to how to show the time dialogue. Right. And that's something that I really liked was the fact that it shows the tooth decay. It shows all that stuff. But you know, I definitely liked how he started planting the potatoes and he's also rationing everything off too. And he's also explaining the rations and stuff like that. And he goes, well, it was enough for this much and everything. So what I'm going to do is instead of taking all the food from me, I'm going to ration it off each day. So that way I can have enough food for myself, but I know I'm going to run out of food eventually. So I'm going to have to do something. And then that's when he brings up the fact that he's a botanist. So he winds up taking some of the science that he has with NASA and stuff like that. But I also liked how he does the crops. He ends up doing like the crops and everything. And then he takes uh, the BMs of all the people on his crew. Yeah. And starts around. And I like how he makes crack jokes at his crew members. And like, yeah. He's all like, your hands. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, what is in, I don't even want to know what's in you. <laughs> Just starts pouring it down then stirring it up and then to make the soil. And then next thing you know it, he winds up ma- making a crops, uh, potatoes on Mars, which and makes I, him. And I it. really love the part. Also, he, uh, he's building the, the thing to make more water for the, for the potatoes and he actually blows himself up and when he goes to sit down to record that like he just blew himself up you literally see he's still smoking (laughs) right and i like how he goes i blew myself up yeah like and he did he really did he's like as soon as my ears stop ringing i'll get back to it basically exactly i do love the humor though that he has and it's like he didn't and you can tell that he didn't like he got all his other physics right as far as the botanist is does but he didn't count on the backfire of the fire whenever he had to light it because he forgot that with oxygen and stuff like that causes it to explode. Right. Well, 
And I think it wasn't that he wasn't expecting it to explode. He said he had done the math right. wrong because he hadn't accounted for his breathing. So his right. exhaling was also was not mathematically corresponded into his his math. Right. Um, and I I also he he really is so funny throughout it. And I imagine in order to survive, you would have to keep that humor going, you know. Right, exactly. And then on Earth, NASA satellite planner Mindy Park uh, is reviewing aerial hub images, notices moved equipment, and realizes Watney is alive. NASA director Teddy Sanders. And let me just tell you, I thought that uh, I forgot what his name is. I'm drawing a blank on who played played oh, him. Teddy. Uh, yeah, it's the same guy from Dumb and Dumber. Uh, yeah, oh, God, how can I forget his name? If you would ask me when we run on the show, I could actually think of his I name. I know, me too. <laughs> um, Jeff Daniels is the one yeah. I'm thinking of. But he, I didn't realize this until the third time watching or maybe the second time watching this, how much of a dick he actually is and everything in this movie. Because he's like, do I really, and I understand from a business aspect when it comes down to NASA, do I really want to risk the lives of my other people to save one right. person while endangering the other crew? I totally understand that. But at the same time, you're ignoring the fact that you have a crew member that was on an old mission four years ago. And you don't want to do anything to try and help one of your own. And then you're trying to figure out a way and an angle to where you're trying to figure out how to tell the newscasters on how this image can because they have 24 hours and everything too to actually release, release the details yeah. right and the girl's like well we have 24 hours to release the pictures she goes yeah but we need to have context behind it which i agree with him on that right but then there's the other dickish part that comes in later on but you know i well, just thought, right. and i had said to to rick about that exactly that in reality, we would never have found out that he was alive. And he was like, but they have to legally release those things after 24, blah, blah, blah. And I said, oh, man, that that satellite suddenly stopped working that day and never picked up again. Because <laughs> I'm telling you, we would never have known in the real world. That's That's one of the things that I was like, oh, that part's a little fake because the reality is before anybody else knew, it had been taken down. Exactly. They would actually be confronting the uh, uh, Wadney and everything, too. They would actually be confronting their astronaut rather than it being aired on TV and everything, too. They would actually right. have this in hiding. It wouldn't be enchalant where everybody knows about it and everything, exactly. too. And also, especially because they don't know what kind of shape he's in. He could just right. they wouldn't want to air out. Oh, yeah, we accidentally left this astronaut on this planet oops are bad and <laughs> he's alive and then two weeks later be like nope never mind he's not alive again right like they wouldn't they wouldn't it would no. have been top secret exactly and then also too this is also where teddy uh you know this is of course where he winds up publicly releasing to the news though the aries uh three crew and uh, are not told so that they remain focused on their missions. So what did you think about that? Did you feel like that was a little bit of a dickish part about not telling the, the other crew members, hey, look, you're your I, I get where crew he members came alive. from by not telling them and saying, like, they need to focus on their mission at hand. But I also, 
I also get that they would want to know. In the reality of it is, they probably wouldn't, like I said, it would be so top secret, I think, in real life that nobody would ever know that he survived. Exactly. I think that, you know, he handled it all right. I just, and I understand where he's coming from, but I think that with the crew members, they should have known that he was alive, though. I think that Teddy should have uh, told them in a sense. Even and if though they might... were going to tell somebody, they should have known before the public. Right, exactly. That's one of the little small pit things that I had about it was the fact the public should have been the last ones to know about it. It should have been between NASA and the crew members. Not also, between... I'm surprised with how public it went, how quickly it went, right? I'm also right. shocked that none of the crew members' families informed them. That's true. Because you would think that because of news and everything else on how fast news actually travels. Right. That they would there was act- people in other countries that knew. So you can't tell right. me that the families of Those- these astronauts don't have. The, you can't tell me that they're not Googling what's going on with it every single day. Right. And why are we spending money saving Matt Damon again? <laughs> <laughs> Um, (laughs) right and then brandy says i think it's cool that he did things for survival most people would have given up i i agree i mean like we said before i he was thinking about giving up and then he has like that last look on his face like you know what i'm not gonna let this defeat me i'm gonna go on ahead i'm gonna do what i have to do as a botanist and try and figure out a way off of here i I Um, think in the beginning early on he kind of goes through he's like you know the emotions uh he, well, even the the way that he could die, he's like, if I run, if my water uh, filter breaks, I'm dead. If you know, too big of a storm hits, I'm dead. If a hole in the hub happens, I'll just kind of implode. Like, and he kind of goes through like he's like, and if nothing else, I don't have any food. Like after I finish mm. the the rations, I'm out of food. So he's like, so I just got to figure out how to, you know figure it out <laughs> exactly uh no that's not a hand of on opinion on matt damon or anything like that it's a joke because of how many times we had to save him in certain movies like save him private ryan for example yeah so that's what we mean by that um but you know another thing though too that i want to mention is this you know when he's putting up the containers of everybody else's stuff and things like that and this is like when he was his first day on the planet and everything he's just putting up everybody's stuff and I feel like at that point he's like giving up because he's like, you know what? They're not here anymore. I'm just going to put this up and everything. And then whoever wants to find it, finds it. Because at that point he was actually at the point of giving up. At least that's what I saw. Oh, see, and that's not how I saw it at all. I saw it more as um, he was like, let me figure out what supplies I already have that I might be able to find useful in their personal stuff. Okay, that's that's actually another way of looking at it. I didn't think of it like that. Like, okay. like later he winds up using, I can't think of the one <laughs> guy's name now, but he winds up using the, the cross with yeah. the Jesus on it, and he winds up using that to be the wood that's the only flammable item he can find. And he, which and was he even Michael says Pena's, little, which was Lewis's, uh, funny thing is, his name was Lewis. So that was actually yeah. Lewis's uh, item, which is Michael Pena's character. Yeah. And he says, he even says to the little Jesus, he's like, he's like, and I'm, I'm trusting that you'll be all right with this in my, in my dire circumstances. Like, 
that part made me laugh because I have a huge thing about dark humor. And yeah. whenever I saw that, I'm like, okay, this is actually pretty funny. Yeah. Because if I knew if I was in that circumstance, it's like, eh, I'm cruci it's a crucifix with Jesus on it. Do I really? Yeah, survival. Yeah, survival. <laughs> right. And he does what he has to do to survive. So, right. I mean, mixing up poo is worse than that. Exactly. <laughs> That's true. That That is very true. <laughs> And you know what, though? Um, this is another thing I forgot to mention, though, whenever it came down to uh, the fuel and stuff like that. He was mixing uh, water and leftover rocket fuel to make um, to make everything, to do the soil fertilized and the crew's bio-waste and manufacturer's water from the rocket fuel. That's something that I had in my notes. Yeah, yeah. And then he plants he said the he had plenty back. of it from the, from the old ship, yeah. Right. And then he also begins modifying the rover for the journey to Aries um, and everything, too. And then on Earth, uh, NASA satellite uh, planner Mindy Park reviewing the aerial sub images notices. OK, this is I've, this is stuff that I already mentioned before. So um, then uh, Watney takes the rover to retrieve the nearby Pathfinder probe, which it, which fell silent in 1997. I love that little Easter egg of the Land Rover, to be honest with you. Yeah. Because Mars is actually one of my favorite planets, to be honest with you. I'm a sucker for Mars movies and stuff like that, and Mars has always been my favorite planet, even with Total Recall and stuff like that. But I remember <laughs> as a kid watching the Land Rover. I remember just being psyched up about it and seeing what they can discover on Mars. And then all of a sudden they just lose track of it and they don't know where it's at. And so if it's a B, he winds up finding it. And I thought it was really, it's a nice little Easter egg to something that happened years ago. I, not only do I like that, that's like something like a blast from the past type of thing, that it's also real, a real thing from the past, but right. also when he pulls it out, and it really is very 90s Antique. technology. Like, right. And you're looking at this camera and you're like, uh, like, how are they going <laughs> to, how is this thing going to help you at all? Like, what were you thinking? But right. he did, he had a plan and he figured it out. Exactly. Because at that time, too, they can only take like single shot photos. Mm -hmm. And then also, too, you had to talk in uh, code as well. So it was basically, breaking everything down in code and i'm like oh my god this thing is huge and bulky and that's another thing the camera is definitely something that's antique-ish now and everything right. something and that then we even the code that he winds up having to use is like 90s computer coding right and it's which like, is totally different right because computer coding now is so different now anyway and but it's so funny because it's like well what was it it's 13 symbols and or 16 symbols i think instead of right the 26 letters so it was like it's too close together so it's like it's like when you think about it like they really had to go way back to figure this all out exactly and you know i and then of course you know i liked how they brought the model into NASA though too to break down the model and figure out the coding for themselves though too. So right. they're right there with Matt Damon at the same time Matt Damon setting all this up. They're setting up their little model and everything inside their area to figure out the coding and everything too. So I definitely liked how they played off with that. And then of course Matt Damon and I, I this is something I don't understand. Like I know that it's a worldwide event 
but even though it's a worldwide event, you don't know the condition of this astronaut. You don't know anything. And then here you are wanting a snapshot of him and everything up in space. And what did I get? The Fonz? Because <laughs> <laughs> he poses like Fonzie. And they, they, she was like, I need a shot of his face. Oh, no problem. We'll tell him to take his helmet off. <laughs> so he can die. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, how much more proof do you need, lady? I mean, come on. That's him. There's not like there's other people up in space. Yeah. And everything, too. But and, well, um, it, it is funny though, like uh, because and that woman in there in that movie is also funny. She gets she's she is the one who early on is like is like, what do we do? Go public and say, sorry, we left your astronaut on Mars, but he right. and we told you, oh, and we told you he was dead, and we have that really nice service. Oh, but guess what? He's alive. Our bad. <laughs> I really love that remark. <laughs> to be honest with you, <laughs> so uh, you know that's just like a scientific analogy, something that NASA would cook up, you know. Which I thought that was funny. It's like you know, instead of using all these scientific breakdowns on how he survived, he goes, "Well, you know, we left someone on Mars and everything on an accident. He survived. My bad. My bad." <laughs> But uh, Brandy said uh, this, though, too. Uh, Matt Damon is actually in a lot more. Yeah, he is in a lot more movies. Yes, totally in real life. The public would have last to know, and NASA would have covered their butts. Yep. Yeah, Kristen yeah. Wiig was actually the person that said, my bad. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Yep. So let's see here. So from there, we actually have the, uh, the other stuff, though. He establishes... Uh, two-way communication with earth for first using handwritten signs and then sending uh and receiving ASCI and extra decimal form nasa transmits software patch to link the rover with the pathfinder and communicate uh, yeah so they can actually like just type to each other right right and what did you I, here's the thing i really like that texting back and forth but why would they have that on the air as well you know, it's like back and forth texting, back and forth live over the right. Why and also, why wouldn't that be something that would have been hooked up long before, like when they were all actually on the planet? Right. You know, because they were like, "Oh, it's just a matter of a couple changing a couple lines of coding," and it's like, if that's right. the case, they could have had that between the Earth and Mars the entire time. Right. But I thought the coding, changing the coding stuff was actually pretty cool. I definitely like that. Um, but as far as the texting back and forth, being on air live on TV, on national TV, I know. I'm like, that's and especially because like he winds up cursing and he's like, and they're like, careful, you're on live television. And then he says something <laughs> when they don't tell you what it is. Right. And you're like, part of you really wants to know. And the other part is like, it's probably better that you don't because it leaves it to your imagination. Right. And then there's also the WTF moment, though, too. As right. Because well. they and he finds out they didn't tell the crew. Exactly. And then I like how one of the guys is like, so does he mean like, what the, the, well, what the fuck? Uh, what's going on? Or does it mean like, what the, like, just what the fuck? And yeah. he goes, no, I think it's the second one. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So I definitely like I definitely like that aspect though to it, but it's just like a little small Nicky nitpicky part and everything, but not much. It just brings out some humor into the film. Well, to keep it and going it's good a to kind of figure out the plot holes and to see because with pretty much any outer space movie, there's going to be a, a plot hole somewhere. 
something exactly. that you can nitpick at. But that's kind of the fun of it too, is like going like, oh, well, this part seems really scientific and real, but this part seems a little far-fetched. Right. And then I also like the other thing though, too, where you have this other guy who is a really smart guy. He's a, he was over there doing something with uh, the soft, not the software or anything like that, but he's in the server room. Yeah. Yeah. And then he flies over. He's a physicist, I think. And comes into NASA. He goes, look, I figured out what needs to be done. And they're like, who are you? (laughs) And, and he's like, you need to hang up the phone. Right. <laughs> he goes, you need to hang up the phone. And like, who the hell are you? He goes, just hang up the phone. So And also when in the moment when he has the like aha moment, his boss is there and he's like, oh, I've got it. And he's like, You've got what? And he's like, I've got it. And he like walks out and he's like, You know I'm your boss, right? And he's like, Yeah. Like <laughs> sure. Like, sure. You go whatever. ahead and think that. <laughs> you go ahead and think you're think the that. boss. Right. And then also too, I like the moment where he winds up calling a secret meeting that was in the text of Lord of the Rings. And so it was to be Bonamir was there. <laughs> the, <laughs> the, the Eldron. Eldron, yeah, Eldron was there <laughs> and everything, which makes it even more comical. <laughs> and and everybody's like naming off being told geeks and everything and then the girl's like she you just know doesn't what? get it no she's she doesn't like, why would it be called that <laughs> and she's like does everybody know this yeah everybody knows but you honey <laughs> yeah and then um then of course you know it gets into the serious part it's like okay so what we're gonna do is you're gonna be um you're gonna be mars <laughs> you're gonna stand here yeah this pen <laughs> <laughs> and then oh, and what and and uh i'm sorry what's your name and he's like teddy i'm the you know president of nasa <laughs> well teddy you're gonna stand here he's like oh nice to meet you it just keeps going <laughs> and you know what we're gonna do is we're gonna go ahead pick them up and uh what we're gonna do is we're gonna go on ahead go over to uh mars and then we're gonna pick um pick them up and then from there we're going to go on ahead and go and then fly back <laughs> to earth. And, yeah, and it, right. It, it's so funny that like, he's the one that figured it out after all these top scientists in the world had been working right. on it for so long. And all right, they because, kept coming up with was let's do a food drop. Let's do a food drop. Right. And of course the first food drop winds up being a total failure. Cause what did they do? They skipped the inspection in an attempt to get it to him sooner. And of course he said like, there's a one in 20 chance that it would fail inspection. And And so they skipped the inspection. And of course it was one of the one in twenties that would fail. But yeah, definitely. And then, you know, it just goes to show you how fast they would try and work at it and try and help him. But at the same time, they should have took the proper procedures and everything because I know he would have, I knew um, Matt's character would have actually been, you know what, just take your time and everything and stuff like that. Make sure that you get it over here in time and everything too. But, you know, it's just one of those things where everything that they tried came out to be failure. Well, and also cause he was fine living off the potatoes for a while wow. up until uh, the, the hub basically gets, you know, compromised and all his, all the potatoes he had been growing still 
wound up freezing and then he couldn't plant anymore. Right. And so that ended the potato fest. But yeah. which sucks. But he found another he found other ways and other means to actually survive during that time. But you know, it just sucks that every single time that they would actually try and plant something, either it burned up in the atmosphere or something bad would wind up happening. And then right. even it got to the point where they actually had to use Japan or China to try and help them. Right. And I like the, and here's the thing. I like the conflict and the conversation between that team. It's like, well, yeah. if we don't do anything, what, how does that make us look? And he, and the woman who says like, nobody knows about it. So if we didn't help, no one would ever know we didn't. Right. And they still did help, which was very nice of them. But the, um, but it's funny because uh, at one point, I think uh, Vince goes there to discuss with them the, the like, you know, how it would go. And he's looking at their stuff and he's like, we haven't done anything like, we haven't used equipment like this since the 90s. And they're like, right. yeah, yeah. And he's like, no. <laughs> he's like, you can't, you can't do that anymore. <laughs> it's like, they can do whatever they want because they're the ones giving you the ship. Right, exactly. And then another thing, though, too, is we're also getting into the other part as well when we're uh, entering the whole entire um, where we wind up seeing the back and forth between the old crew members and Watney as well. Oh, yeah, when he gets the access to the rover. Well, also, too, they wind up talking to him and everything, too. Is like they were afraid that you know, he, he would be pissed off at that, at him for leaving him. And he goes, I'm not mad at you guys for leaving me or anything like that. He goes, that's totally understandable. So all that worry that, um, that the other, the other character did the main NASA thing, he, he didn't have anything to really worry about. No. And it, it was mostly just, honestly, they had the guilt of leaving him behind. Right. And, and I mean, I feel like anybody would feel that way. The guilt of, even whether he had been dead or not, just of leaving right. him behind out there would weigh on anybody. And then finding out it's almost worse that he's alive because there's no way to get to him. Right. And Wadney is just more angry at the fact that Herm's crew, the Hemi's crew, is unaware that he's even alive. So, oh, and yeah, he's really mad they didn't tell him. Right. So I definitely like how they played that out and then acknowledge the fact that, you know, it's okay, guys. It's not your fault. I don't force blame on you or anything like that. Uh, another thing, though, too, I really liked was whenever he was listening to their uh, different uh, – I liked how they, he was di- listening to different disco music and stuff like the that, too. <laughs> yeah, and, and he, in the one part, he has the, the turn the heat. Around and he turns it on and he's like, "This is the least disco song that she owns." And he turns it on and it's when he's got the the radioactive heat heat thing going on in the back of the rover to keep himself warm. <laughs> that part just made me laugh. I mean, yeah, every time I and he goes, "If I have to listen to one more disco track, I'm gonna end up killing myself up here." <laughs> <laughs> and then. He's also uh, watching Happy Days and stuff like that. Stuff that the crew left uh, behind. Their personal items, yeah. (laughs) I like how their personal items becomes his personal gain. Just to see what they have. 
Well, and I had said that like, actually right. early on in the movie right. as well. I had said well, the comical his, aspect. because those personal items, I'm almost surprised he didn't go through them more thoroughly early on because a lot of those things probably, you know, entertainment wise to keep him sane, mm. like not just the music, but like you said, that he found shows and stuff on the computers. He found games on the computers later. Right. Like, and then he was making fun of the game that the uh, one of the astronauts were playing and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, he's like, it's so lonely up in here. <laughs> like, your your computer is more lonely than I am. <laughs> and that's sad. Yeah. But um, let's see, the Mar- uh, then of course the Mars mission director, Vincent Copper and Jeff, uh, la- but this is actually the laboratory part. Uh, Bruce uh, prepare an Iris space probe to deliver. Yeah, we already talked about that. That was in my notes. Uh, then, of course, we also talked about a little bit about the China National Space Administration has been de- developing a cla- uh, classified booster rocket, the Tianjin Chin. I think that's how you say it. I'm sorry for mispronouncing it. Uh, failing comrade uh, uh, with uh, NASA scientists, they work around official barriers and offer to repeat uh, the Iris mission as Watney's situation grows riskier. As time passes, uh, and then of course, Rich Parnell devises an alternative plan. Have the Titan uh, with and resupply the Hemis, which will then use Earth's gravity to slingshot back to Mars. So another thing too is this is also too where they said. So let me get this straight. We're gonna go on ahead and make him have a tarp over our equipment. That's what we're sending him back in. Yep. Oh yeah, <laughs> and they like they make him empty the entire ship, like all the chairs, all the control panels, everything. It's literally just a box with a tarp on the top of it at the end. Right, because it will actually add weight. So anything that mm-hmm. could add weight could actually fault be faulty to where he couldn't even leave or anything like that either. So well, that was and smart. even going back a little bit too is you know the the Hermes crew had to all agree upon this beforehand also to go back to save mark which i mean you know in a heartbeat they really would have done but it adds a whole nother year to their trip right and you know a lot of them already have families back home and that's it's a long trip to begin with and then to say sorry honey i'll be home in another year right and then also too they slingshot him they're not counting on how fast that you would be coming in. That's another thing that they forgot to calculate. And a matter of fact, it kind of reminds me of the Big Bang Theory where they forget to actually calculate other aspects before they actually go in with the plan. So, I think it was something where they they had tried to calculate it, but it wasn't, no matter what, it wasn't mm. going to be as accurate until it was happening. Right, that's true. Because they uh, didn't know exactly how fast he'd be going still by the time he got out of Mars's atmosphere. And they also didn't know how far he'd be. So they were trying to, because they say it multiple times. They're like, oh, he's going this speed. Oh, he's going that speed. Or, oh, he's, and now he's this far. He's that far. What can we do? Like solve the problem. Right. And then uh, another thing too is this would actually set back Mars two years. Um, well, with the Aries Sanders reject the idea, considering it's too risky. 
that's another thing that we talked about was the fact that he even thought it was too risky. Henderson uh, apparently uh, sends Purnell's plan to the crew. They uncommonly vote to empowerment and disassemble NASA's, um, you know, they wind up going on the mission to save him, which I thought was really awesome. And they had to shut off like NASA's automatic controls to, to read, to get them back on course. And they also wind up building a bomb in space, which is a huge (laughs) no, no. Right. And I also like how Bosnia is like, guess what? I'm a pirate. I'm a space pirate. A space pirate. (laughs) It's like one of my favorite parts of the movie and how he goes over. Call me Captain Blonde Beard. (laughs) (laughs) And then on top of that, you also have the NASA crew explaining the rules on how he is actually a pirate. And they're like, oh no, we know. He already explained it to us. (laughs) I really love that part. It's like he's totally geeked out over it and totally excited about it. And, and and he's like he's like oh fastest man in the world. Hmm. Yeah, I mean it sounds good, but I'm not going to tell them that. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then at this point uh as well, you know, I also like how the Hermes crew is like, well, I'm in. I want to save him. Because well, you're also part of the army. You're going to be yeah. yeah, you're part of the military. You're going to go AWOL. Oh, okay. Well, I still want to do it. Yeah, they don't care. <laughs> they don't. They, they don't, don't care. That's their friend. And you know they'll never spend you to space again. And they're all like, "Good." Like and we've been I, out here forever. <laughs> right. And I like how the one of the crew members is actually doing the calculation in his head, where basically he's just saying, "Um, you know, it's been five hundred days since we've been in space. Because that's more time for me." to be able to be out in space. That's more right. for a light years of space for me. Right. So I'm fine with risking my exactly. life. Exactly. By the time I get home, I've had, I will have had enough space for my entire life. Right. And Donald Glover was the person who came up with the plan to save Mark. That's another thing. Right. To, um, then, of course, Wani begins the 90 uh, soul journey to uh, Shepherd Philly, where the MAV to Aries... Uh, has been pre-positioned. The math needs to be lightened to, and ter- um, like we said before, where they actually had to take out everything and stuff like that to be able to lighten the load. Yeah, because otherwise it would have been too heavy, and he never would have broken the atmosphere. Right. Uh, then Her- Hermes, uh, by using the spacecraft RCS systems, she also orders a directional explosion. Um, the compression of the internal atmosphere to better align the ship because he's actually coming in at a higher speed than what they anticipated. Right. So they have to counteract it. Right. And then I liked how Mark, I, I like how Mark goes on ahead. He goes, well, you know, I can always just use my glove. I can put a hole in my glove and I can use my thruster. I can be like Iron Man. <laughs> he's like he's like well i'm really selfish you know i i want all the sad stories to, at home to be about me <laughs> <laughs> and so he winds up using the and i liked how the people from Aries is like no i don't think that's a good idea because i'm gonna do it he goes on ahead <laughs> well, does and, it. and even before that the the commander says uh something like like actually maybe that's a good idea and the other crewmate <laughs> looks at her and goes what 
that's a terrible idea. That's the worst idea I've ever heard. And she's like, no, no, the thrusters. Like, and she comes up with a different plan, but of course, he still winds up having to do it. I'll just wave at you as you go by. <laughs> then after that winds up happening, we actually have, you know, I let's see here. I think we also have after returning Earth, Watney becomes a survival instructor to astronaut candidates five years after the Ares five is about to launch. Say, uh, sorry, that last part again, that five years after the Ares part was going to launch. About to launch, those involved at, in Watney's rescue are seen in current... The current um, yeah, and then um, he finally does actually get rescued by the commander and they wind up uh, finally getting him on the ship and then they're like, and he takes his suit off and he, you know, of course he smells and he's like, yeah, well, it's been a year since I've been allowed to take a shower. Right. And everybody's like just looking at him. But imagine having to smell their BM though for that first couple of days or whatever, you know? Oh, yeah. But you know what? Like, honestly, it turned into fertilizer fairly quickly, at least. So, I mean, at least it hopefully wasn't so bad once you, I'm sure the mixing it part was the worst. The mixing and spreading it part. Oh, God. Most definitely. So, is there anything else that you want to add to this and everything, too? Um, just that this is really, like, an, like honestly, if you haven't already seen it, you really should. It was, like, one of my favorite movies, definitely, over the last few years. And I love that it has the funny factors to it for such a movie that could be so dramatic. Same here, as well. I, I thought it carried over with the drama, with the comedy... Also, too, not knowing uh, if he's going to survive or not and things like that. I thought that was really good. I felt like this movie is really good. It just has little, small, little nitpicky small parts and stuff like that. But other than that, that was a solid film, to be honest. And again, I think any movie where they go to outer space, I totally agree that you can you can sit there and, you know, pick, pick at the little things that aren't scientifically. But, yeah, um... So my my final thoughts is this. I think that this film is really great, really fun to watch, very entertaining. Also, too, if you guys haven't checked it out or anything, I strongly recommend that you guys check this out. I think that you guys be fully entertained by it. I think that this is one of Matt Damon, one of my favorite Matt Damon films that he's played in, aside from uh, The Departed, aside from, uh see, there's also another one that he actually played in too with Robin Williams and also too. Um, but yeah, definitely a great film. Definitely a great time to watch and everything too. I strongly recommend it. Also too, guys, if you guys want to go on ahead, don't forget to like and subscribe over here. Give us a thumbs up. Give us a like. Uh, also too, guys, go on ahead and check us out tomorrow night. We're going to have our, yeah, thank you. Goodwill Hunting was actually the name that I was actually looking for. Thank you. In the comments section, I do appreciate that. Uh, but yeah, I do have to say though, uh, tomorrow night, don't forget eight o'clock central time, nine o'clock Eastern, six o'clock Pacific time. We are going to be doing our Loki after show on Wednesday nights. So that's going to be coming up tomorrow night. So tune in for that Thursday night. We have our Rambo review of first blood part two. 
And that's going to be at 8 o'clock Central Time, 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Pacific Time. And then on Friday, we are doing our Too Fast, Too Furious review at the same time at 8 o'clock Central Time, 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Pacific Time. Go on ahead, check that out. Another thing, too, is if you guys want to donate to the page, how do you go, go on ahead and do that? You just go to GoFundMe.com forward slash Movie Loves Unite. Also, too, don't forget to go ahead and for all your entertainment needs and wants, just go ahead over to MovieLovesUnite.com. And then after that, you're just going to go on ahead and you're going to go on ahead and go over to Movie Lovers Unit at, at, on Twitter as well. And then, of, of course, you guys can go on ahead and get an audio-only podcast episode where you guys get your podcasts from. And then if you're a sponsor and would like to sponsor us, just go on ahead, email me, reach out to me at MovieLoversUnite at gmail.com. Of course, follow us on Movie, uh, Movie Lovers TV Lovers Unite on Facebook, Movie Lovers TV Lovers Unite on Instagram, and I need the same name on Pinterest as well. And then we also do some shows on stereo as well. So go on ahead and check us out over there at Movie Lovers Unit. And always until next time, guys, it's been fun. It's been real. Can't wait to do this again. And thank you again for everyone that's joined in on the chat. Thank you, Michelle, for being on the show. We do appreciate it. Um, I know that you lost connection and everything, but I do appreciate you being on the show. So with that being said, guys, that's going to be it for the show tonight. Thank you again. <laughs>